Hey, well, welcome to uh, Edinburgh Church at Home. So glad that you are uh, tuned in uh, today. Uh, maybe you want to let us know uh, where you are watching from. It's always uh, fun and kind of exciting to see uh, where, where, where you guys are at. Um, we, I know we have people uh, here in the U.S., but also people across the world that are tuning in. So uh, just so happy and glad to be with you uh, today. Uh, I do want to start with just a couple updates, uh, let you know a couple things going on around here before we jump into the message. Uh, First, we're going to be wrapping up the Crucial Questions uh, series today. Uh, Next week, Pastor Bob is going to be giving a special message. Uh, I'm telling you, you're going to want to be tuned in uh, for that. And then the following week, Um, Pastor Josh and Pastor Tyler are going to tag team it uh, for an eight-week series, message series called Hashtag Blessed. And it's going to be on the Beatitudes. They're going to be working through the Beatitudes. If you're not uh, familiar with uh, the Beatitudes, it's the opening statements that Jesus makes to his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. I'm telling you, it's going to be an awesome series uh, that Pastor Josh and Pastor Tyler are going to be bringing us. Um, while they're bringing that, me- that message series, I'm actually going to be taking a sabbatical. And um, I'm, I'm going to be uh, taking some time to work with a, a leadership uh, coach. Uh, I'm going to be uh, doing some planning for the 2020, 2021, and beyond. Uh, I'm going to be doing just some, some, some much-needed planning uh, and uh, thinking through vision uh, here at Edinburgh. Um, I'm also... Uh, going to uh, be working on a review process uh, that I've already uh, started. Um, And so it's going to be a busy time. I also hope it'll be a time of rest. And I would just ask humbly, uh, church, for uh, your prayers uh, during that time. Uh, The second thing, though, that I I wanted to mention uh, was that, listen, I'm speaking for the leadership here. We are missing um, doing church in person with you. And we are hoping to get back uh, to doing church and having church services uh, here in the building as soon as possible. Um, and so we are uh, waiting for some green lights. Uh, the leadership team is putting some plans, some processes, some procedures in place so that we can be wise when that time comes. Uh, we want to protect our vulnerables here, and so we want to be as wise as possible. But we are eager to get back to doing church in person with you. So uh, make sure you're, you're staying uh, updated um, uh, with, with everything going on here at Edinburgh. Uh, you can check, continue checking our Facebook page. Uh, um, you can uh, reach out to the church and, and start receiving our newsletter, uh, the e-news every week if you would like to. But um, just know that we're frustrated by all this and we can't wait uh, to start doing church uh, again in person with you. Now today we are going to be wrapping up our uh, series, um, Crucial Questions. We said, you know, they're just these questions in life that uh, we've got to ask and the most important questions of our lives. Uh, how do I know that God is real? Uh, things like, what, what is my purpose? How do I know what my purpose is? Things like, can I really trust the Bible? Because everything we do here at Edinburgh Church and everything we teach is based on the Bible. Last week, we talked about what happens after we die. Uh, but this morning, I think, is the most important uh, topic of this entire series, which is why did Jesus die for me? 
Why did Jesus die for me? You know, if you're familiar with Christianity at all, uh, you know what our primary symbol is. The primary symbol is the cross. You see it on church buildings. Uh, people have it as jewelry. You know, you see it on necklaces. People have it as tattoos. But do we really understand what the cross is all about? That's my hope today. What, what is simply to, to, to help us better understand the cross and what it is that Jesus um, did for us by dying on the cross. Uh, a couple of years ago, Danielle uh, went to Church's Chicken to get us some dinner. Uh, I was hungry, and so I, I was like, for some reason, I, I just had this like hankering for, for, some, for some chicken. So <laughs> Danielle goes to Church's Chicken. She's driving there. I'm hungry. And I noticed like she was taking a while to get back home. And so uh, eventually I get a phone call. And it's Danielle, and, and she says, you're, you're not going to believe what happened. I got the, the, the chicken, uh, but then the, the car died, just died. The car went out on me while, while I was driving. I was just like, okay, let me just ask a very important question. Is the chicken okay? Okay, how is the chicken? Because right, I was hungry at this point. I really was just wanting to eat. I was giving you a little hangry, you know, hungry and angry. Um, and so uh, she was like, no, listen, you're going to have to come pick me up because the car is dead. I had a guy try to jumpstart it, uh, but it wouldn't start. So I got to get in my car. I, you know, I drive to meet Danielle. And uh, for whatever reason, she wanted me to pop the hood and take a look at the engine. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's basically three things I know to do under the hood of, of, of a car, okay? I, I can check the oil. I, I can do that. I can, I can jumpstart a car, so I know how to jumpstart the battery, but that had already been tried. And I know how to put windshield, you know, wiper fluid in that little plastic tube. I'm pretty good at that. I, I mean, I, I won't spill a drop. That's probably the best thing. But that is about it. All right. There's not a lot. When I pop the, I mean, I can sit there and act, hmm, yeah, I think it's the, you know, the rotary router, but I, I have no idea, you know, what's going on under the hood of that car. And so what would, what would we have to do? We had to actually have someone tow it and, and we had to have a mechanic, a professional look at it and fix the car for us. I tell you that because today, what my hope is, is for us to pop the hood, so to speak, on what the cross is all about and to better understand the engine, okay? Now, now listen, you don't have to understand all the things that we're going to talk about today to be a Christian. You don't have to understand all the things we're going to talk about today and that I'm going to teach in order to be saved and to have salvation. Just like I don't have to understand how an engine works to get into my car and drive, you don't have to understand how all the things we're going to talk about today works to live out the Christian life. But if I would have known how the engine works, I would have been able to fix the problem myself. I wouldn't have had to take the car to a mechanic. I wouldn't have had to go and, and, and pay to get it fixed by someone else. And my hope for you as your pastor who loves you is that when things go wrong in life, or when you experience a challenge in life, or when, when you need a prayer to be heard and make sure it's heard by God, when, when, when you are hurting and need some relief, or when there's a problem in your life that needs to change, I want to teach you 
more deeply about what the cross is all about so that you can fix those things in your life yourself. <laughs> that that when, when something goes off on your dashboard in life, you will know how to diagnose and fix the problem for yourself. Yes, it's great that God gives us teachers. It's great that God gives us pastors. We need friends. We need counselors and all that. But I want to empower you today to know how to use the cross and what Christ did for you to fix some of these problems on your own. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start today. I just want to teach you two concepts about the cross. Okay? Two concepts about the cross. And here's the first concept. It's something called substitutionary atonement. Substitutionary Atonement. Now, that's kind of like this big theological word, but it's really not that complicated. You'll notice it has the word substitutionary in it. it this simply means substitute, right? It's a, it's a substitute. You kind of hear that in the word, substitutionary. Uh, just like, you know, uh, a substitute teacher fills in. When the teacher, the regular teacher, needs a break, it's like, I'm, I need a break from these kids. The substitute comes in and takes the place of the teacher. Okay, that's a substitute. So substitutes in this, 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 this concept. And then atonement. Atonement, it simply means to pay for. That's all it means, to pay for. So you put those two together, it means we have a substitute who pays for something, okay? Jesus is the substitute who takes our place and pays for what? Our sin. Romans 3.23 says this, it says, for all have sinned and fall short, of the glory of God means all of us have sinned and fall short of God's holy standards. All of, all of us are guilty of that. It doesn't matter if you know, um, you, you think yourself a good person, you know, other people think you a good person, you know, it, you might be a good, great citizen, great neighbor. Um, uh, you might be a person that's thought of as having a big heart, but we're all in the same boat here that might be how other people see you, but God says we have all sinned against him and fallen short of the standard that he set for us. Okay, and what's the problem with that? Well, Romans 6.23 tells us. It says, for the wages of sin, the consequence of that is death. It's talking about eternal death here. It's talking about eternal separation from God. That, that's, that's the consequence of having failed to meet God's holy standard. It's eternal separation from God. It's spiritual death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the good news. The good news is Jesus becomes our substitute who pays the price for our sin. He takes our death. He takes our hell. He takes our sin and the consequence for that sin upon himself and pays for it in his body so that you and I can be set free, so that you and I can be forgiven, so that you and I can be in a relationship with God. Isaiah 53, 5 tells us more about this. It says, but he, and this is talking about Jesus. Keep in mind, this was prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus died on the cross. It says he was pierced for our transgressions. That's our sin. He was crushed for our iniquities. Another word for our sin. 
The punishment that brought us peace with God was on him. The punishment that we deserved was on him, our substitute, who paid for it. And by his wounds, okay, we are healed. So Jesus becomes the substitute who pays for our sin. Um, when Danielle and I were first married, we were going to take this road trip out of state. And uh, this was in the middle of winter. And so this ice storm came that morning. And so we got on the road and we were driving. When all of a sudden uh, we hit this icy patch on the highway. I lost control of the car. Um, and we spun across uh, all four lanes of this highway to the other side where we hit this wooden stump. Uh, you know, you've seen on the side of the road, they have those wooden stumps. Um, lining the highway. We hit the stump. It stopped us. Policeman came, took a report, all that. But what the policeman also noticed was like where we hit this stump, like we, we, we kind of knocked this stump just a little bit to the side. Like not very much, but I mean, we just kind of, well, I don't know if this stump was made out of gold or something, right? but they ended up charging for it thousands of dollars to straighten up this stump. Danielle and I were newly married. We were both in college. We, there was no way we were going to pay, have the money to pay to fix this stump in the ground. But the car was in my dad's name at that time. And so the bill didn't go to us. The bill actually went to my dad and he got the bill and he paid it in full. In fact, Danielle and I, we didn't even know we didn't even know that, that they, had, they had charged us at the time. We later found that out. But my dad got the bill and he paid to have that stump fixed. And we were in the clear. Friends, we call that grace. <laughs> That's grace. This is what God has done for us. He sends his son into the world to pay the price, not for some stump and that costs thousands of dollars, but, but to take our hell on himself so that we can have eternal life. Uh, friends, we call that grace. We don't do anything. We, we just receive what God has done for us. It's all we can do is let Jesus be our substitute. That's the first concept I want to teach us, substitutionary atonement. The second concept, though, is something that theologi theologians call the great exchange, Okay, this is called the great exchange because here's what, what I find. A lot of Christians understand this concept that Jesus took our sin upon himself and died for our sins. A lot of Christians understand that. But a lot of Christians don't understand that Jesus didn't just take something from us. He also gave us something. What did he give us? He gave us his righteousness. He gives us his righteous standing before God. That's why we call it the great exchange. He takes our sin, but he gives us his righteous standing. See, Jesus lived a perfect life. He was like us in every way. He was tempted like us in every way, but he never sinned. He is the only human being on earth who never sinned. You know that? It's the only one who, he perfectly lived up to all of God's requirements. He's the only one that's ever done that, which is why he was able to be a worthy sacrifice for us. He was perfect. And so he was able to take our sin upon himself and then give us his righteous standing, 
his perfection. He was able to give us that. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, did you realize you're not just giving your sin to Jesus, you're receiving righteous standing before God. The Bible talks about this in all kinds of ways. You know, sometimes it says we're hidden in Christ. Sometimes it says we're clothed with Christ. Talking about this righteousness that we have been given. I've used this illustration before, but it's kind of like this. It's like when you receive what Christ has done for you, you put your faith in Christ. God, it's like he, he, he has these glasses on, the, the, the way you see it. And by the way, I look pretty good in these glasses, don't I? I was excited to wear these glasses today. I might even later on, I might wear them out of here and even, you know, if I want to be dramatic, do, do something like that. I don't know. How do you think? <laughs> when you become a Christian, when you put your faith in Christ, everything I see right now, see, it's red. Everything. Do you realize if you put your faith in Christ, God sees you through a special lens? Yes, God loves the world. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But do you realize if you put your faith in Christ, he sees you in a different way. He sees you through the lens, through the blood of Christ. He sees you through the sacrifice, receiving that righteous standing. Is he aware that you still have sin in your life? Yeah, he's aware. But do you know what he sees? He sees righteousness. He sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus, on you. Is he aware that you still have struggles in your life? Yes, but do you know what he sees? He sees perfection. Is he aware that you have challenges in your life? Yes, but you know what he sees? He sees an overcomer. Is he aware that you're not perfect? Yes, but do you know what he sees? He sees a son. He sees a daughter. He sees the righteousness of Christ on you. He loves you with a special love. That's a, that's a special kind of love that God has for you. It's kind of like a mom with their baby. You know, I, I just, I know it's like moms, like they have a special love for that baby. Not that dads don't too. Dads love baby. But I've just seen, you know, I've seen a lot of moms will be like, just love on their baby, just dote on their baby. Like, just don't you think my baby is just adorable? Don't you just, and it's the cutest thing you've ever seen. And I'm just kind of like, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's not ugly. I, I, I mean, I, you know, a little, you know, some a little wrinkly. I, I don't know, some, some blotches. I, it's not the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, but for a mom, it's like, it's the most beautiful thing. A mom is, is that baby, they just dote on that. But do you realize that's how your father in heaven feels about you when you are in Christ? I mean, just loves you with a special kind of, of love. Yes, God has a general love for the world, but when you are in Christ, he sees the righteousness of Jesus given to you. You are loved in a unique and a special way. This is because of the great exchange, because Jesus took our sin. By the way, this is past, present, and even future sin. And he gives you his righteousness. And that's important because some of us, you know, we're like, okay, I received Christ into my life, but then the next day you sin and you think, do I got to get saved all over again? No, you don't have to get saved all over again. Jesus already paid for even your future sin. And now he's given you his righteousness to clothe yourself in. That's why you don't have to get saved over and over and over again. When you sin, you are hidden in Christ. You are clothed with the righteousness of Jesus. Some people say, well, then just can't I sin? Do whatever I want. I mean, you can. 
but you're going to bring hurt and you're going to bring pain into your life and into the life of others. God gives us those commandments to protect us. It's a way of loving us. You can keep sinning if you want to, but you're going to bring pain and you're going to bring hurt, unnecessary hurt into your life. But when you have the righteousness of Christ, you are declared righteous before God. You are loved in a very unique way. And by the way, I will say this, our God does discipline. You know, even though he loves you, he wants what's best for you. So if you think you can just keep living a life of sin, don't be surprised when God disciplines for your own good. He is a loving father and that's what loving fathers do. So we've talked about substitutionary atonement. We've talked about the great exchange, this righteousness given to us. But what are the benefits that flow from all this? That's what I want to spend just the rest of the time we have today. What are some of the benefits? There's so many, we, we, we couldn't keep count, okay? But I want to just talk about three of the big ones. Here's the first benefit that flows out of this. A relationship with God. A, 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 a right relationship with God. See, part of the problem is today, everybody thinks they have a relationship with God. Everybody thinks that, you know, they're good with God. Hey, I'm a good person, so God's good with me. It, this is very popular in, in our culture today. Um, but while everyone is in a relationship with God, it doesn't mean it's necessarily a good relationship with God. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a right relationship with God. In fact, I think a lot of people who are, think they're in a relationship with God, they're actually in a very bad relationship with God because they haven't come at it God's way. They're trying to do it their way. Uh, I love what we read when Jesus dies on the cross. We read this in Matthew 27. It says, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, so he's hanging on the cross here. It says, Jesus gave up his spirit. It means he dies on the cross. It says, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Okay, now let me explain what just happened here. So Jesus dies and we're told that this curtain in the temple is torn in, in, in two. Uh, the temple, uh, when Jesus dies, this was a place where you had to go to meet with God. This is where you went to, to meet with God, to encounter God. You had the outer courts. This is where all people could come and meet with God. Gentiles, that's people not Jewish. Everybody could come to the outer courts and meet with God. Then you had the inner courts. That's where the Jewish people could come and uh, could meet with God. But then you had a room called the Holy of Holies at the center of the temple. This is where God's most concentrated glory dwelled, was in the, in the Holy of Holies. God's holy presence was in this room. And it was so holy and it was so sacred that only once a year could somebody go in there. The high priest would go in there once a year to sprinkle the blood of, of, of a sacrificed animal in the hopes that they could appease, appease God. And so this, this high priest would have to go through all kinds of rituals to be cleansed and to get themselves right. Because if you went into the Holy of Holies and you weren't right, God might strike you dead. In fact, they would actually tie a rope around the priest's ankle, okay? Because if the, if the priest went into this room and he wasn't right with God and God struck him dead, nobody was going in there after him. 
And they're like, we will pull out your dead body. We are not going to, I mean, you're just going to get, you just go, I mean, they're going to pull you out because nobody was going. This is where God's very presence like dwelled. A holy, I hope what you're hearing right now is that yes, God is, 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 is loving and yes, God is our friend, but we also need to sometimes step back and remember God is holy. He is a powerful being. He created the universe. He expects and is perfect in all his ways. What divided the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple? It was this curtain. And when Jesus died, this curtain was torn in two. What was that telling us? Now you don't have to go to the temple to meet with God. Now God will come to you and be with you because now you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You don't have to do a bunch of rituals to get yourself right. You don't have to go through a bunch of religious programs to make sure you're right. You simply receive the righteousness of Christ and now the God who created the universe who is holy says, I will come and I will dwell and be with you. Friends, that should cause you to worship right now that this God is willing to come and live with you. I mean, in a sense, your greatest nightmare becomes your biggest supporter who fights for you, who loves you, who is a roaring lion in your life and says, you do not need to be afraid. I will be your God. Whoa, why? Why, how are we to experience that? Why is God now able to, because of the great exchange. We're now safe in Christ. We have the righteousness of Christ. Jesus died. That temple could be, that curtain could be torn into and God could now dwell with his people wherever we find ourselves at today. That's incredible. That's incredible. And see, I, I, I wonder for some of us if our prayers are being heard. Because if you come to God and just say, God, I'm gonna come to you as I am. I'm just gonna come to you because God, you're friend. And I'm just gonna pray my prayers. I got to tell you, I'm not so sure your prayers are going to be heard by God. And I've wondered this for, for some of us from time to time. Like, are your prayers actually being heard? And when I pray, you know, something you'll always hear me in my prayer with is I pray in Jesus' name or in Christ's name. Why do I do that? Because that is a way for me to remind myself and to acknowledge before God that God, the only reason I can come into your presence, God, the only reason I can be in your throne room right now and that you will hear my prayer is because I am clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. For some of us, we would do well to start off our prayers saying, God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus acknowledging that I can come before you, not because, uh, you know, I'm a pretty little snowflake and you love all the snowflakes of the world. I can come before you because of what Jesus did for me. I get to come before you because I have the righteousness of Christ given to me. Friends, I'm telling you, you start praying. After acknowledging that, your prayers are gonna start having power. God is gonna start hearing your prayers. As your pastor who loves you, I, I'm concerned about people who are going to God and are praying, but their prayers aren't being heard because they're not coming in Christ's name. They're trying to come on their own terms. Uh, 
But Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, church, I love you. I want what's best for you. I want your prayers to have power and I want your prayers to be heard. And I'm telling you that happens when you acknowledge Christ, that you come before your heavenly father because of the cross. That's the first benefit we have. We can be in a relationship with God and have our prayers heard. Here's the second benefit, spiritual healing. Spiritual healing. You know, all of us are broken to some degree. All of us have been hurt in some way that, that's broken us. Some of us, it was something you were, you were told as a child. You've never forgotten it. For some of us, it was abuse. Physical abuse. It could have been verbal, emotional abuse. It could have been sexual abuse. Some of us, it was that divorce or coming from a broken family. For some of us, it was having that abortion and feeling the pain and the guilt that came afterwards. And what do we do? So many of us, we, we try to numb that pain. We try to cope with that pain. For, for some of us, it's alcohol. I mean, for some of you, you can't wait to get home from work so you can have that first drink. If you can even wait that long. For some of you, it's pornography because you're trying to escape the pain. You might not even realize that about yourself. For some of us, it's just addiction to your cell phone. Anybody relate to this? I, I, I'd say I'm guilty of this at times. Can't even sometimes drive without having to peek at my cell phone because I'm trying to numb pain. But the Bible says that we can be healed through the cross. Isaiah 53, five says this, it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That's what God wants for you. He wants you to experience healing, wholeness. You see, there was this Old Testament concept, this concept called shalom. It often gets translated as peace, but it means so much more than peace. It means wholeness. God had wanted wholeness for his people. He wanted us to be whole spiritually. He wanted us to be whole emotionally. He wanted us to be whole relationally. God wants us to experience wholeness, but we live in a broken and fallen world and it's so hard to hold on to that, isn't it? It's like I can wake up in the morning, spend time with God, and I feel whole. I'm feeling shalom. And then I get on the road and somebody cuts me off in traffic and there goes my shalom, just gone. Shalom can be a hard thing to, to, to acquire in this life, but I'm telling you, God wants you to strive to seek it out in your life. To have spiritual, emotional, relational wholeness in your life. And, and the Bible says that we can have that through the cross. That by his wounds, we can be healed. Last week on Mother's Day, uh, my daughter Callie, um, was, was jumping on the bed at her Nana and Papa's. We went over there for Mother's Day and she was jumping on the bed. She fell off. She didn't break her head, uh, but she broke her arm. 
And she has a high th threshold of pain. So when she wouldn't even let us touch her arm, we knew something was wrong. We took her into the doctor. They did the x-rays. She broke both bones in, in her arm. We had to take her in a couple days later. They put on like this temporary splint. But what was amazing, they did the x-ray two days later. One of the bones had almost completely healed. They said, we're going to put a cast on, but it only needs to be on for three weeks. Children, apparently, they heal a lot faster than adults. Why? Well, it's because they have life in them. They're growing. They have energy in them. And so they can actually heal faster. They have life in them that brings about healing. You know, a dead body, if, if the bone's broken, it doesn't heal itself. It's only those who have life in them that are able to be healed Jesus didn't just take our sin and give us his righteousness. He took our death and he gives us his life. And when we have the life of Christ in us, we can start to heal. Some of you might say, how, how do I get this life in me? How, how do I get that, that life that flows from the cross? How do I get that in me? Listen, let me just ask you this question. When was the last time you spent just five minutes meditating on the cross? When was the last time you spent just five minutes thinking on what Jesus did for you? His hands pierced and blood running down. His feet pinned to the cross as he's trying to push himself up and, 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 and get air into his lungs, a crown of thorns placed on his head to mock him, his back shredded from being whipped and flogged, 39 lashes. I mean, I'm asking you, when was the last time you, this is the most important thing of your life. When was the last time you spent just five minutes thinking on the love that Jesus must have had for you when he hung there on the cross? And see, friends, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's through that meditation. It's through thinking on it. It's through dwelling on it, through, through receiving the love that comes from it. That's how we receive the life into our lives. He took our death so that you could have that life. But you've got to spend some time thinking on what he's done for you. That life flows from the cross and it can bring spiritual healing to your soul. And I'll end with this one. This is the third and the last benefit we have. It's simply the ability to change. The ability to change. All of us have things in our life we'd like to change. Thoughts, behaviors, habits. Where do we receive the power to change? I, I'm, I'm just convinced. So many of us today, oh, I'm going to read a book, How to Change. Or maybe I'm going to go to this conference, How to Change. Or I'm going to just try to white knuckle it. I'm telling you, the power to change flows from the cross. The cross is the most powerful place on earth. The cross is the most powerful place on earth. And when we go to the cross, that power can flow into us so that now we have the power to change. You know, I, Danielle and I were at my grandma's one time. This was many, many years ago. We were watching TV when all of a sudden uh, 
the electricity went out all throughout the house. Air conditioning turned off. It was a really hot day. Uh, and, 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 and Danielle and I were sitting there like nothing was working in the house. It all went dark. We were like, uh-oh, did grandma forget to pay the, the electric bill again? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, that's not what it was. There was actually a power line fell over. And so we, this whole neighborhood didn't have power uh, for like two days. Okay. But here's what I want you to understand. Every, everything in the house was good. I mean, everything in the house was functioning. Everything in the house, the TV was in good shape. The light bulbs were all in good shape. Air conditioning was in good shape. But none of it worked. Why? Because it didn't have power. Friends, if we're going to be a people who change, to become the people we really want to be, if we're going to be a people who ultimately want to become the people God wants us to be, we have to go to the cross to find that power. I'm telling you, one of the things that I have struggled with in my life over the years has been patience. I have struggled to be a patient person, patient with my wife, patient with my kids. That's not good. L losing your temper around your, in your family, it's not good. I have struggled with this. I mean, Danielle got to the point where she would not drive with me in a car because every time I got in a car uh, with, with her and the kids, I, I would call everyone on the road a jerk. but I am not the same person today that I was five years ago. Now when, the, when I get in the car, I don't call people jerks anymore. I pray for the jerks. I pray God's blessing on the jerks, okay? I am not the same. I don't lose my temper. I have actually changed. I have really changed. I am not the same person I was five years ago, and I'm certainly not the same person I was 10 years ago. Where do I find this power to change? I found it at the cross. Friends, some of you are not hearing me. You're still going to be tempted to run to your book. You're still going to be tempted to go to that conference. You're still going to be tempted to try all kinds of things to change. And what I'm trying to tell you right now is what would happen if you went to the cross. You bowed at the feet of Jesus and you said, Jesus, thank you for loving me in this way. Would you help me to change? From being a lustful person to being a loving person. From being a greedy person to being a content person from being an angry person to being a person who truly has peace. Jesus, could you give me the power to change? I'm telling you, the cross is the most powerful place on earth. Well, I'll end with this. Uh, recently, we were having some, some people over to our house and um, I don't know if you ever do this. I mean, so there's some guests coming over. And so Danielle, she wanted the house to be in tip-top shape. So she actually scrubbed the floors. And she told me and the kids, don't you even think about walking on the floor. These floors are not meant to be walked on. I mean, we couldn't even walk on our main floors. Uh, she had like a thousand pillows that she threw all over the couch. I mean, if you ever guys need to borrow some pillows, just talk to my wife. She's got all these pillows. I mean, everything was there. She even had, like, we baked some brownies. So like these guests came over and I had like an apron on and was like, would you like a brownie? And I mean, we were acting like, like we had it all together and you're looking at our house. And I tell you this story because this is what some of us do with God. You think you got to go get it all cleaned up. You got to get your life together. And then you come to Jesus. Friends, Jesus hung there on the cross and his word to you is just come to me and receive what I have done for you. You don't have to get all prettied up for me. You don't have to get all cleaned up for me. Just come as you are. And I will take your sin and die 
and pay that price as your substitute for you. I will give you my righteousness so that you can be in a right relationship now with God who will hear your prayers. You will now have the life in you so that you can start to heal. And I will give you power so you can start to change. Friends, all of that is found at the cross. Maybe we could go there right now and experience this power together. If you'd bow your heads with me. Jesus, thank you for the cross. We take it for granted. We see it everywhere, and yet we forget what it's all about. So many of us forget to go to the cross to find life and power and ultimately the righteous standing that comes from you. And so right now, God, I just want to pray and I just want to ask that if there's anyone who needs to come to the cross today, that they would come and they would receive and they would take hold of this free gift that you give us. All you got to do, friends, just receive it. Say, Jesus, I'm at the foot of the cross. I want what you have done for me. I take it. I claim it. I, I, I take hold of it today and claim it for my life. That's all you have. Friends, it's yours. He died for a reason. He died for a purpose. He died for you. Because he loves you. And he's crazy about you. And he wants to spend eternity with you. So receive it today. Draw life from him. Draw power from him. And go boldly into the presence of God and make your prayers known. Not because of anything good in us, but because of all the good that is in Jesus Christ and what he gives us today. We're gonna pray this in his name. Amen.